Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4,255 of the world's one remaining source of independently verifiable hogwash. I am, not for the first time, and I sincerely hope not for the last, Andy Zaltzman, reporting to you from the United Kingdom, a land where once roamed bison, wolves, aurochs, and even lions, uh, until we joined the EU and they were outlawed on health and safety grounds. Uh, joining me today, firstly, from a multitude of time zones away, in California, just miles from where celebrity mid-second millennium British pirate explorer Beard and Bowles fan Francis Drake landed during his circumnavigation of this world-renowned planet of ours uh, before moving on because it was too expensive to rent somewhere nice. In San Francisco, it's Nato Green. Hello, Nato. How are you? Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. I am uh, speaking to you today from the unceded territory of the Ramatush Ohlone people. Uh, <laughs> we don't know a lot about the Ramatush Ohlone people, but we want you to know, if you were wondering if they had ceded their territory, they did not. <laughs> there was no ceding of territory. Really? It's their territory. That was not always a huge concern uh, from the British side of, of such uh, negotiations. <laughs> yeah, and so what we do now in 2023 is we just acknowledge that they didn't cede the territory and then we go about our business as we would have otherwise. <laughs> so everyone's, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Uh, joining us for the first time on The Bugle uh, from uh, Glasgow, someone with whom I first performed quite literally a millennium ago, uh, back in 1999. Uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome for her Bugle debut, Josie Long. Hello, Josie. Hello. I'm so glad we made it through Y2K. We didn't think we would. <laughs> the planes <laughs> dropped out the sky, the clocks all broke, but here we are. Yep. And um, it's, it's been a good millennium, hasn't it? Uh, well, I mean, it's... I mean, Nothing bad's downs. happened. That, ups and downs. I can't think of a single negative thing that's happened in the past 23 right. years. Well, that's, 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 that's admirably positive. I've, I've, not, I've not enjoyed it a huge amount, but, uh, but then, you know, millenniums often start badly. Uh, well, which, look at Robbie Williams, terrible. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I am coming at this from a Jewish perspective. I'm sure, Nato, you'll back me up on this. I think that would be that's two out of three millenniums that have had, a, a, at least, uh, have uh, started not, not tremendously well. I agree. I, and I still have my Y2K water jugs in the basement. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, Josie, that, that you know, we did manage to somehow negotiate that, that great communal trauma of, uh, of Y2K. Uh, and I guess it's testament to the, the strength of the human spirit that we could uh, overcome the disappointment of computers continuing to work. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of all of us. Uh, we are recording on the 6th of March 2023. On this day in 1869, uh, Dmitry Mendeleev presented the first periodic table to the Russian Chemical Society, um, which, you know, I, I think means that he probably should be cancelled now. Uh, because of uh, what, what Russia is doing, and we should abandon all science uh, as a result. Uh, but prior to Mendeleev's periodic table, there were just four elements, earth, air, wind, and fire. Uh, air subsequently went solo, leaving the other three uh, to, to keep the band going. Um, but Mendeleev uh, sacked those four elements and replaced them with his new inventions, uh, 63 of them initially, uh, including modern-day classics such as oxygen, carbon, and tin. 
Uh, and the Elements League has continued to expand with new franchises being added to try and keep things exciting for the science fans. I don't know what the latest total of uh, Elements, but they keep you know, adding, uh, yeah, they're like Marvel movies, there just seem to be new ones all the time. I think so, some some of those late entry Elements always seem a, a bit dodgy though. Like at the at, mm-hmm. the ones at the bottom are like Berkelium and Einsteinium. It's like I don't believe these are real. There's no there's no Einsteinium mine out there. <laughs> well, I think some of them are just made up, aren't they? Jo- Josie, you're a, you're a qualified scientist. Yeah, I would describe myself in that way, and I don't think it's fair to challenge it. I I would say if you're naming an element after yourself, that is some extraordinary hubris. And you can't expect me to take it. I, like already, I heard oxygen and I thought, yeah, of course I take that very seriously. You know, carbon, very seriously. Then even tin, I was a bit like, you can't expect me to take tin <laughs> with the with a gravitas of carbon, you know, <laughs> tin. And then if we're, if we're getting into people's names, this is, come on. Yep. He's... It, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see his ghost come back and just cut a bunch of the elements out. Right, so get back down, because he started with 63. Back to basics. One assumes he was aiming for 64, because then you can have a straight you know, knockout. Um, I think that would be a six-round knockout to find the best element with 64. Um, I don't know if they've got up to 128 for the seven-round round knockout, but yeah, get it down to 16, you can have four, four groups of four. It's a better format. Uh, then quarterfinals. I feel like naming the elements after yourself. It 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 seems like a like a come on at a at a club. Like baby, my dick is elemental. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Zoltminian. <laughs> Zoltminian is one hell of a animated franchise. <laughs> <laughs> As always, a section of the Bugle is going straight in the bin. This week we review the latest apps to come out on the various app stores, including Exaggerate, which translates things that are partially true into wildly overstated claims masquerading as fact. Very trendy. Uh, I've tried it along with literally trillions of other people, and I have to say it completely changes everything about your life and how you see the world. As you can see, (laughs) it's very effective. Uh, Autobiogle, which is a very exciting uh, new app for uh, social media users. The uh, Autobiogle app scours your social media posts, and automatically publishes a 500-page autobiography of you uh, with associated social media promotional campaign. Uh, comes with various standard settings that you can get for any autobiographies, whether done through the app or through the traditional format of uh, writing it yourself or with assistance from a ghostwriter. Those settings uh, range from unvarnished truth via partially polished but essentially unrevealing to outright willful delusion. Uh, so exciting new times for those wanting to write an autobiography but not really being able to be asked to do it properly. Buzz Me, that's a new app that tells you what you would look like if you were a bee. You just have to upload a selfie and a picture of a bee, and it um, merges the two to show you what you'd be like if you were a bee, and simulates what your life would be like if uh, you were a bee. Not advised if you're uh, not technically a monarch. Mission Apostolable, it is a new hit game uh, on your uh, mobile phone, in which your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to start a new religion with just 12 simulated buddies. And uh, finally, TDM, the self-styled dullest ever app um, another app that uses your online output TDM an acronym of course uh, for thrice daily monotony uh, shares with all your followers the least interesting things you have thought said and done at 9am 2pm and 6pm each day adorned with a completely unilluminating aphorism obvious fact or hackneyed picture yes it's a crowded marketplace but it's good to get it all conveniently gathered in one place we review all those apps in this section which is now in the bin 
Top story this week, uh, American media court case news. Um, exciting times at NATO. Uh, in the court case between Dominion Voting Systems and Fox News uh, over the, uh, shall we credibly say, misreporting of the 2020 presidential election. Can you uh, quickly bring us up to date with, uh, with, with what the f*** has been going on? Well, Andy, this is the f***. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if the news always started like that. <laughs> Since you asked, the f*** has been going on. Um, Dominion is an operator of electronic voting systems who is suing Fox News for $1.6 billion uh, over essentially Trump's big lie that the 2020 election was stolen, specifically that Fox News recklessly promoted the lie that the election was stolen, even though they knew it was not. And they did it for profit. And in so doing, they uh, irredeemably defamed Dominion's business model and cost them presumably $1.6 billion in potential profit. Uh, so the, 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 the crux of the claim is that Fox News reported lies for profit. Uh, capitalists lying for profit. Big <laughs> if true. Uh, <laughs> in other news, nicotine is not addictive. Uh, oil is not contributing to climate change. Miller Lite tastes great and is less filling. NBC's Thursday night lineup is must-see TV. Condoms feel the same as no condoms. Uh, so, but as long as, just to be clear, the election, the 2020 election was stolen by the American voters. Specifically, a majority of voters in states with a majority of electoral votes, 81 million, 81 million Americans were in on it, Shh! Don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, that's one of the biggest conspiracies there's ever been. If that if that proves to be true, Nate, that it took a, a huge level of coordination to get 81 million people <laughs> in on this conspiracy together to elect Joe Biden president uh, and not reveal how deep it went. Uh, well, they were signing up for it as well. That's the worst that's part. Right. They were standing in line brazenly as part of this conspiracy. Um, now, the legal test in the defamation case is whether there was malice. It's Fox News. Have you seen Fox? <laughs> it's a 24-7 malice network. Malice is the brand. If, come on, if someone comes on Fox not spouting malice, literally everyone else yells at them on national television. So it's not even malice specifically against Dominion, but against anyone who is not an angry white person. Uh, so... Uh, if you're an angry Zapotec Indian from Oaxaca, you don't go on Fox. Take that shit <laughs> elsewhere. If you're a white person who is, isn't angry but just slightly exasperated, Fox is not for you. Uh, former Republican House Speaker and current member of the Fox Board of Directors, Paul Ryan, told them to stop lying. Now, if you don't remember, this is a guy who was a vice presidential candidate in 2012 and staged a photo op of him in a restaurant kitchen cleaning pots that were already clean. Uh... <laughs> And he told them to stop lying. So uh, the, when the, law, the lawsuit revealed that Fox News hosts and executives all knew that they were lying. Uh, Fox pre the, uh, the president of Fox texted someone that the North Koreans do a more nuanced show than Lou Dobbs. Uh, good for him for being a North Korean news buff, but you're the president of the company. Like, if you want nuance, that's, that's on you. Uh, Tucker Carlson called Trump demonic and a destroyer. Uh, 
Ooh. The host texts revealed that they knew that Trump lawyers Rudy, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell were liars and the election was, wasn't stolen. They called them batshit crazy. Uh, t- then Tucker Carlson tried to get a reporter fired for fact-checking the news. <laughs> a reporter, Which is surely the greatest crime a Fox journalist can commit, fact-checking, yeah. is it not? A reporter fact-checking the news on the news, Tucker Carlson <laughs> said, I just go on the air and said whatever I read that morning at potterybarnazis.blogspot.com. <laughs> you want me to actually do my job. You're making me look bad. Uh, fact-checking is harder work than mouthing off. So, And then this is where it gets weird because Fox News hosts are worried about their viewers not hearing what they want to hear and going to even more right-wing <laughs> news outlets. Then T- Carlson chimes in and texts someone this. Our viewers are good people and they believe it. Now, this is like a, a dilemma. This is like a, like, a, like, a, like a logical Ouroboros. It's like a Talmudic riddle. Our viewers are good people and they believe the lies. We know our lies that we aired. But if we don't tell them lies, they will not trust us to tell them the lies they want to hear and go watch another channel that lies better. We, the hosts of Fox, know we're lying when we're lying, but we do it anyway because that's how we make money. Is that better than lying and believing it? Is Tucker Carlson a good person for knowing that he's lying or a bad person for going along with it anyway? It feels like a quadruple negative. My final question is, how much weed would I have to smoke for this to make any sense at all? (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, quite a lot, I would think. Josie... But there, were, there was times when we used to look at American media and think, oh, yeah, we would never stoop that, that low. Yeah. Um, I think those times have largely gone, but it's quite reassuring every now and again to have a story like this to think, mm. well, we're still, we're still at least one step higher up the ladder into the pit of shit that is modern <laughs> news media. What I can say is this new series of Succession is amazing. <laughs> like when you think they can't top it you're like this is incredible i i think the thing for me that's been really interesting because yes i do think i'm glad that our baby fox news channels are still at the embryonic stage and so we're still in a place where we see what they're trying to do but they haven't yet kind of latched in what i'm finding really astonishing is seeing rupert Murdoch come out and just be like yeah yeah <laughs> we f-ing did it and I don't know how to feel about that because on one hand it's like well, we got him we just had to wait 71 years and we got him someone tricked him up it was just that and then on the other hand I'm like is he like he he was visited by three ghosts he's about to die like it, what is it why why is he now so blithely like well, everything you say about me, it's true. Mic drop. Like, what, what, I don't, I don't understand. This is a twist, and I'm worried I'm seeing it as entertainment and not seeing it kind of rationally. Well, there is one possible explanation uh, because uh, wh- when the bugle started, it was part of the Times Online website, Ooh. which was part technically of the Murdoch Empire, and it should be said, Rupert. Uh, Roots, as we called him, uh, on the bugle. Uh, took surprisingly, someone say alarmingly, little interest in the bugle <laughs> while it was technically part of his stable from 2007 until... But he was producing. Sh- <laughs> he, was, he was producing, but he was really just interested in the, the techniques of uh, audio production, not, not in the content. 
Uh, we were technically part of that stable from 2007 until suspiciously shortly after we did a bit on the phone hacking story in, in 2011 when uh, we were uh, let go uh, to enjoy the, the fruits of independence. And um, uh, so it is possible that those four years that the Bugle was part of his empire, and we've not always told the absolute truth on the Bugle, it's possible that that, that, that sowed the seeds in his mind mm-hmm. that, 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 that not telling the truth... Mm-hmm. Was was actually just part of what you do as a media empire. So I think we've got to take some some responsibility for that. Yeah, but mostly John Oliver wasn't none to do with me. I was I was pure facts. He did say, uh, <laughs> "I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight." Talking about uh, Trump's claims of electoral fraud. Now, obviously, it was only twenty twenty. At that point, no one in global media really had much of an idea that Trump might be the the kind of man who might try to perpetrate. Enormous myth truths and uh, and destroy democracy fr- from within. So you can you can understand this an element of naivety that it was you know it, it was early in in the Trump story then just you know four years into his presidency. Well, yeah, the presidency had only just finished. So who yeah. could have said what his presidential style had been? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, you can't you can't, you can't just make history history on the spot. You have to allow at least at least a hundred years for it to pass before we really know what happened. It's a sort of core feature of, of modern ethics that you can do completely horribly unethical things as long as, well, long after the damage is done, you regret it. <laughs> um, so that, that's, a, that's a kind of uh, revisionism that Murdoch is advocating. Right. So is it possible, you say, I mean, he's, he's in his 90s now, so probably you know, nearer the end of his career than the start, I, I think we can say. So is it possible that he's just building up towards you know, finishing his career in media with you know, just a single provable fact? And as long as it's the last thing he does, that mean you know it's that means that he's ended on on the right side of truth. You're a comic. You know about closing strong. <laughs> yeah. No, you've you've not seen my stand-up, Nate. I, I do not know about closing strong. I think it's really important that he's. They keep saying the hosts are separate. The hosts are separate because Fox is a horrific virus, and the hosts are separate for it. That was all I. I was like, I must be able to make a joke out of this, and my brain was like, <laughs> we cannot do this for you. I apologise. <laughs> we know the words, but we cannot make the link. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm in, inclined to think that he really is bored. You know. You think right. about him sort of looking at the world and thinking, okay, I've done everything, you know. I've I've won these elections. I own most of the stuff. I'm 91. My wife is 38. <laughs> There's nothing more for me to enjoy in this earth. He's bored and I'd like to see him go into kind of a whole new chapter in his life, you know. Right. I, I could see him in the world of wellness. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I could see him bringing out some sort of like powdered herb tincture. Right. That made, made of what? Human beings. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's not not a t- so still staying on brand. In, well, in but this is it. He's got a strong brand. So yeah. for him to pivot, yes. he has to bring some of the brand. <laughs> I look forward to the Rupert Murdoch Gwyneth Paltrow 
crossover uh, tinctures. Although I did find it funny that one of his things was, he was like, this will damage my reputation. And it did make me think, like, what does he think his reputation is? You know? Another explanation I have for, for why our relationship with truth in the news media has uh, declined so fast, particularly in America, is in 1992, the film A Few Good Men was released, in which Jack Nicholson famously said, you can't handle the truth. And we still, as a species, largely worship and believe everything Jack Nicholson says. And ever since then, the US has been leading humanity on a seemingly endless journey away from journalistic objectivity. So it's just possible that the power of film Mm -hmm. has basically ended the concept of truth in news. Britain news now, and well, it's been an exciting uh, couple of weeks in, uh, in in British politics, particularly uh, if by excitement you mean uh, harrowing delve into <laughs> the aftermath of, of COVID and exactly what the f*** our so-called government was doing uh, during it. There was um, uh, Matt Hancock, the former health secretary and MP for Floundering Central. Sorry, uh, Andy, you, 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 you forgot to set it up. Exactly what the f***? We'll tell you. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan of that, and I didn't even notice. Isn't that so sad? <laughs> Matt Hancock uh, recently uh, produced a book uh, about uh, his time as health secretary, uh, and uh, ghost-written, stroke co-written by a journalist called Isabel Oakshot. And in the process of, of writing this book with Oakshot, he shared with her a hundred thousand WhatsApp messages. Uh, involving him and other senior government officials, basically showing everything that went on, all the communication that went on during the height of COVID and the height of lockdown. And he shared it with a journalist who is renowned for being a massive lockdown sceptic and has previous for leaking supposedly confidential material. Can I just... I'm so sorry to interrupt, but let's really enjoy... It's not just previous. This woman created one of the greatest days on the internet in the history of the internet, which was the Piggate scandal, where she intimated that David Cameron had... I mean, I'm so, excuse my French, a pig. And yes. it <laughs> not was... Not just any pig, Josie. A dead pig. A dead, not yeah. just any dead oh. pig, but... Just the severed head of Just a dead the pig. Sever- I mean, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Perhaps a pig we can forgive, but two steps yeah. further and it's despicable. But I remember yeah. that day of joy and I just think, okay, it's hard for me with all of this because it's like, I don't, you know, two people I hate fighting each other, great, you know, sure, hurt each other, but whoever wins, I'll be sad. But at the same time, we have to give respect to Isabel Oakshot for being such an agent of chaos. Who is she? <laughs> In many ways, that was the best thing about David Cameron, though, mm. for me. As, you know, he's obviously left a legacy of uh, uh, unending chaos, of which mm. this g- story about Hancock and Johnson's government is essentially, that is Cameron's legacy to it's a It's the tale story. of the pig. Yeah, but I, that was, for me, was the best thing about it. And I think Boris Johnson proved that, that that was the best thing, because surely it was far better for us to have a prime minister who had already stuck his penis into the dead mouth of a dead pig, than a Prime Minister who was constantly wondering what it would be like to stick his penis <laughs> into the dead mouth of a dead pig, as we had with Boris Johnson. And, uh, you know, you could see that, you know, just the different, that, that far away look, that inability to yeah. focus that undermined Johnson throughout the COVID, uh, the COVID years. Well, the thing about Boris Johnson is, had he done that, he would have impregnated the pig. <laughs> um, that's how fertile he is as yes. a man. So, so Matt Hancock, um, 
who uh, after his his political career had somewhat hit, hit the buffers went on uh, a tv reality show called i'm a celebrity get me out of here in which he ate uh, a, a camel's wang a, a lady sheep's virginibel and a cow's betholium sphinx droll uh, for the entertainment of the masses and was p- quite handsomely paid for this uh, which caused understandable um anger amongst the relatives of the uh, um, well over 100,000 people who died during the COVID epidemic um, uh, in which he was such uh, an incompetent part of the government uh, government response. Uh, but this, I mean, it, it is, it was a kind of huge story, these these leaks, and they're still coming out. The, da- the Daily Telegraph is, ru- is, is running new parts of the leaks on a, on a daily basis uh, at... At the moment, uh, Hancock has disputed claims that he rejected advice from co- from experts on testing people before they went into care homes at the start of the pandemic, and said that the leaks only give quotes partial accounts, obviously spun with an agenda. Now, this is a former Conservative government minister complaining about the use of partial truth and spin. Uh, echoes of when Damien Hirst fronted a "Never bathe your pets in formaldehyde" public awareness campaign. Um, it's, it's kind of stunning <laughs> levels of uh, kind of competitive hypocrisy going on here, isn't there? I think about Boris Johnson coming out and sort of because obviously he is now at the stage where they're saying, "Well, we look. It's very clear that you misled MPs and that you were breaking the rules," which we all f-ing know. But at the same time, it's nice to sort of see it formally put down, and um, just him sort of being like having to pursue the line of, like, nobody warned me that the events were against the rules, which I said. Nobody said afterwards uh, they they were against the rules, which I made up and I enforced and I (laughs) said nothing. There was nothing to show that I believed or was worried that something was against the rules. Again, the rules, I must make clear that I made up, I said and I enforced (laughs) and I told the entire country to follow. It's, um, It's just hard to cope with it and it's funny to think that like this is all somehow less dignified than i'm a celebrity get me out of here <laughs> which is supposed to be the real nadir you know well but also i mean that I mean, it's all been a kind of a, an unendifying endoscopy into the bowels of government during the indigestible hot pot that was covid and, and the, just the mere fact that hancock basically tried to repair the damage to his reputation by going on to this tv show and eating wild animals' private parts. Um, you must know there's a lot of repair to be done when you're halfway through a camel penis and you're thinking, well, this should help. Um, <laughs> this should really help. <laughs> I, I like the idea they had a meeting. They were like, OK, well, have you apologised? Yes. Um, have you tried to uh, reconcile with people? Yes. OK, have you eaten a camel's dick? <laughs> that's, so that's our last idea. That's our last yeah. idea. But also, a, a rare example maybe of a politician doing what the public wanted him to do. Uh, and uh, he'd certainly been uh, told to do something fairly similar, I think, in fairly direct direct terms. In the texts that were released, uh, there was a, there was a text I think from Boris Johnson in the WhatsApp about uh, tr- trying to come up with good messaging, and he says, "What if we told people uh, that if you're a pensioner?" your risk of dying from COVID is as big as your risk of falling downstairs. Uh, I guess after being shoved forcefully down a flight of stairs by <laughs> our bullshit testing scheme. Um, so, like, the idea that they're, like, spitballing the right metaphor of, okay, what if, 
your risk, we told people that your risk of COVID was as high as your risk of getting hit by a billiard ball during a uh, errant, you know, billiard game. <laughs> or your risk of fall, of dying from COVID was as good as your, as high as your risk of learning to play the electric guitar and going on tour with Guns N' Roses. Like, <laughs> they're just brainstorming, grasping at straws there. And also it's good because Boris Johnson doesn't know the difference between uh, percentages and probability. So he'd be like, but, it, but that's 100% risk for Slash. That's 100% risk for Slash. <laughs> Back to the sort of Hancock and Oakshot. The fact that he, he trusted her with all this information. It was reminiscent of that old fable about the scorpion and the frog in which the scorpion persuades the frog to help it cross a river despite the frog's misgivings about the scorpion stinging it and the scorpion gratefully accepts the lift and then stings the frog anyway saying it's my nature before then leaking all the whatsapp messages the frog had sent it um, detailing uh, huge incompetence and wrongdoing at the very heart of government uh, it, just eerily reminiscent of that, that famous old, uh, old story you have to feel sorry a bit for uh, anyone in the Conservative Party because they're effectively in the Scorpion Party, you know. That's their whole world. It's just like, well, he's a bloody great bloke. Oh, he's got me fired. Well, I'm a bloody great bloke, but I've killed him. You know, it's like they, there's nothing kind of morally for them to hold on to. They're just sort of a sad, stung frog. And also, I think um, Matt Hancock kind of makes my soul cringe like because he he does seem to have an earnestness but he can't like you know he's he's so flagrant in cheating on his wife he's so horrific in how he's mishandled such serious things but at the same time in all the messages everyone is just absolutely bodying him like George Osborne is like no one thinks your testing's going well Matt everyone hates you Matt Matt, you're shit. And Matt Hancock is just replying in capitals with loads of thumbs up emoji. It's going great, thanks. <laughs> and oh, there's just something unbearable. It's like, uh, it's like a, a, a Labrador that was raised by a supervillain. There's like something not quite right, you know? There's something so sad about that. The idea that a, a Labrador could be raised by a supervillain. That's almost the saddest thing I've heard this year. That's, that's quite a hotly contested title. Um, uh, Boris Johnson is, as you mentioned, facing further claims that he misled Parliament, um, which again would be you know, an example of a politician behaving in office exactly how he said he was going to behave based on everything he'd done in his life and career up to that point, basically giving the people what they, what they voted for. But the question is, if Boris Johnson did mislead the House of Commons. Who do we blame? Do we blame Boris Johnson himself or do we blame the House of Commons for allowing itself to be misled by someone who pretty much had the words, if these are moving, I am misleading you, tattooed onto his upper and lower lips? Um, <laughs> I, I think there's only so much, again, you know, it is, he is, he is the scorpion and truth is the frog. <laughs> Coronation news now, and, well, in exactly two months' time as we record, I think it's the 6th of May, we will officially have our new king and overlord crowned as king and overlord. It's the uh, going to be the coronation of uh, KC3, King Tut Tut Tut, also known as uh, uh, by his social media handle of uh, at uh, third time Chucky. Um, and very exciting news about his coronation, um, that in... It, 
I'm trying to make this fancy dress relic of God-endorsed medieval feudalism more relevant to today's audience. And uh, there's a story that came out this week that the special oil that they use to monarchize our new monarchs will, for the first time, be vegan-friendly. Um, now, this is hugely exciting news. Previously, the oil that is used uh, have included secretions from the glands of civets. That's glands with a D. Let me emphasise, not without a D, but still. That's secretions from civet glands, because I guess how could any British monarch expect to have the respect of their people without having been smeared in granular secretions from a nocturnal tropical mammal? Uh, Indeed, how can anyone expect to be respected without having been smeared with civet secretions? Andy, you don't want to be uncivitalised. No, no, Josie, that, that, that... I mean, NATO may react badly to that, but that joke is fully within the cultural heritage of this show. You will, you will not be, you will not be criticised for puns on this show. But can I say it is a bit scary for you to then say NATO will not react badly to that, even though I know that it, it's you, NATO. It still feels quite powerful when he says it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they also used amber grease, also known as stinky whale chunder, uh, which might explain why Queen Victoria has had that slightly offended. I've just smelt something appalling. Look in all the photos that we see, uh, we see of her, and you know, I guess you know it is how you, I know one of the ma- many reasons for my stunning career is that I bathe daily in the pancreatic fluid of a bandicoot. Um, that's just how people respect authority. I think is by using strange <laughs> unguents taken from from uh, from God's creatures, particularly if you want to be king. I, I'm 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 just I'm still in like I still can't get my head around. I, I mean, I know it's it's sort of more of a daily affair for you, but I still can't get my head around King Charles. No, yeah. Prince Prince Charles. <laughs> Can you want me King Prince Charles? I call him the Prince King. Prince <laughs> King. I'm still writing Queen Elizabeth on my blood diamonds. Um, <laughs> Which Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the but here's my question: Is what's up with your oily ass monarchs? Um, <laughs> so. Uh, no wonder Edward and Wallace wanted to peace out because they can get better lube in America uh, at the lesbian dildo shop down the way from my house called Good Vibrations. I think the, the, the oiling of Charles can't come soon enough. I've seen pictures of him and that chalky honky could use a good oiling. Uh, I tell you what, he looks very dry and ashy. Um, he needs lotion. Yeah. In America, we douse our presidents in barbecue sauce. I don't know if you know that. That's, that's why they're so shiny. Oh, delicious. I mean, Josh, this is obviously a hugely important part of the ceremony. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so important that the oil had to be blessed. Um, Mm. And uh, it was blessed in a special ceremony (laughs) this week. Not in, uh, as you might think, Windsor or Westminster Abbey or even the Royal Snooker Hall on Aberystwyth Pier. Uh, In fact, it was blessed in Jerusalem because it's got to have... Uh, I, I don't know the reason for doing it in Jerusalem. I guess you know it's, you, you couldn't just pick up any old oil from memory services on the M4 and assume it would make someone a proper working monarch. Uh, so they do it in Jerusalem because I think then it's more likely that the oil will have a molecule of Jesus in it, um, or, or even Moses. Mm, and and you know as well, they've got to modernise, and so I really am glad that they are doing this like sacred mysterious ceremony and they're like describing the secretive ways that they're doing this because I really feel like 
one community that's not yet embraced the monarchy is um, the QAnon community. And right. with this, they really can... It links in with their beliefs as well, you know? <laughs> they're, you know, they're, they're preparing the secret quantity of special magical oil that is technically animal free i mean is that a loophole we don't know it's we can't film it you know and i'm glad that they're really bringing into the fold some of the wildest fringes of society so that they too can in, finally enjoy the christening i don't know i mean I, I i sort of feel like they're not trying to make it less weird like don't call it chrism oil like don't make us think of think of jism while this is happening like don't don't do that to us like like and i do i do appreciate that they've taken the animal products out of them and like i was reading the list of it as well and it's like it's olive oil so it's scented with sesame and rose and cinnamon and orange blossom and then what you do is you just fry the chicken in that and then put it in for 40 minutes delightful that's coronation chicken yeah, oh, this is the other bit that was very weird and very conspiracy theory that they're using olives from an olive grove that was grown on his grandmother's burial place. So she's she's fertilizing them. So it is corpse oil, is what it is. <laughs> so he is being blessed by something... corpse oil. Right. Flavored is it, with Is it still orange. vegan then? It's it's a gray area. It's like Ooh. oysters, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You said that the the description of the oil, olive oil scented with a mix of uh, sesame, rose, jasmine, cinnamon, orange blossom. Okay, mm. I understand what those things are. Then uh, essential oils. I, what does that mean? Like you have oil and then there's another oil that is yet even more essential to <laughs> add to the coronation oil. But we're not going to tell you how essential in what manner. And then also... Neroli and benzoin? What the f is that? Oh, that's a double act. They're really good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I see benzoin, and and I assume they mean like like bennies, like uh, just like it's just pills. <laughs> they just ground up mm. benzedrine and put it in the oil. Oh, and they rub it on, and he's like, "I'm going to be the vibiest king you ever did have." <laughs> it's King Austin Powers coming at you. <laughs> I do have to express some concern about using veganistic oils rather than oils with with civet gland stroke whale chunder in because if you're only using vegan oils mm -hmm. will that give king charles sufficient magic powers to bat off all the alien invaders mm. like his ambergris and civet sludge smeared mummy did not I enough protein only, yeah where's he getting the protein yeah mm -hmm. but the the blessing of the oil uh, was carried out in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, one of Jerusalem's holiest Christian sites. And statistically, that is one of the better performing churches. 4.3% of prayers said in the Church of the Holy Sep Sepulchre are partially or fully answered. That's well above the global average of 0.7%. So hopefully that will bring good fortune to uh, to the monarch. The old oil, was it was civet oil, and... I wonder if the civet oil is a byproduct of the production of civet coffee. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so that where they 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 get coffee beans that have been shat out by civets. Yeah, it's a very special, expensive kind yeah. of coffee from like Indonesia or something. Where from Vietnam? Uh, is that it? Where they refine the the shits, the coffee, okay. the shit coffee beans to make the, and then the oil. Then they rub the oil on Queen Elizabeth. 
Do you know what? Civets are like a band who's had two really weird, disparate hits. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like who's that guy who wrote um, that record? And it's a it's a man in the seventies. And on the one record, there's um, you put the lime in the coconut, and then there's also. <laughs> Something like nothing compares to you, but not. Oh, I can't live if living is without you. It's that one record, isn't it? Where it's like one of the tracks is you put the lime in the coconut. And the other track is I can't live if living is without you. That's what civets are. It's like, this is what we can do. We can shit out coffee or we can make you the king. And that's what we can do. Buglers, if you know of one other thing that civets can do, please email <laughs> Josie Long at thebugle.co.uk. I mean, to be fair to, is it is it Nielsen? Harry Nielsen, <laughs> yep. is that his name? To be fair to ha- Harry Nielsen, I think there is another hit on that record and it's equally as from, from the rushes, you know? That concludes this week's Bugle. Josie, it's been a delight to have you on uh, for the first time. Where else can people see and hear you live or recorded? I'm in Australia performing at the Melbourne Comedy Festival for most, if not all, of April. And then I'm back in the UK and I'm on tour um, until um, the end of September. And I also well, I have a book that I've written of short stories that's coming out at the end of May. So if anything, they'll be saturated by this point. It'll be it'll be unbearable for them. Nato, uh, I have a couple of comedy ums out uh, that you can get wherever comedy is streamed or downloaded. All the the best way to get money my direction is through Bandcamp to make a purchase, uh, or uh, check me out on Instagram at Mr. Nato Green for uh, more regular updates. Thank you for listening, uh, Buglers. Uh, you can also hear more of me on the News Quiz. The last episode is this uh, this week, as we record, and you can catch all the back episodes via the BBC Sounds app. Uh, we will now play you out with more entries on the Bugle Wall of Fame, our premium-level voluntary subscribers who uh, have donated to keep the show free, flourishing and independent. To join them, to give a one-off or a current contribution to the show, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the Donate button. Nabil Sharania was the first person to discover that if you start whacking marble with a chisel you sometimes find a lovely sculpture of a human being inside often, and I suppose understandably, wearing pretty much no clothes at all. Will Kenworthy studied the history of communication and concluded that the dinosaurs were wiped out due to their inability and or refusal to learn to say the words, look out. Brian Crowther formulated the now widely accepted theory that the Big Bang should just be called The Bang, because before it happened, there had been, as far as we can tell, no other bangs for it to be bigger or smaller than. L.F. Turner, during some casual archaeology, discovered that the Great Wall of China was supposed to be fully retractable, so it could be raised and lowered according to the current level of wall requirement. Thomas Tebalt discovered that the reason Picasso developed his renowned Cubist style of painting was simply that he had a pair of glasses with broken lenses that he couldn't be asked to have repaired for several years. A.J. Wells discovered that if you play Beethoven's piano sonatas backwards, they sound like advertising jingles for washing up liquid. Tom Bowling is, as you would imagine, the inventor of the Tombola, a renowned rotating drum device for drawing out winning tickets at, for example, a village fete, 
although his initial intention for it was to be a means of randomly but rapidly distributing sandwiches at conferences. And finally, Sam Wilkinson disproved Charles Darwin's theory that birds can fly not because of their wings, but because they have hidden rocket boosters in their strange little bird feet. Sam explains Chuck D was wrong, birds can fly because of willpower. Welcome all of you to the Hall of Fame. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.